When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you for joining us for our first 2018 episode of the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. And with it being FA Cup weekend, we've decided to ring the changes and bring in Chris Garbeth, season ticket holder. On the, on the fringes, so to say. <laughs> uh, and Phil Talentire, uh, who's always here, aren't you, Phil? Most of the time. Uh, Anthony Vickers and Jonathan Taylor are both off. Uh, Jono's missing the FA, the magic of the FA Cup, and Jono dares to miss a derby against Sunderland. Um, Tony Pulis, the early days. Chris, you were at Preston. What, what have you made of what he's done, what he's said, what the team have done since, since he was appointed? Um, I think, the, well, initially going back to the Aston Villa game, um, the, you could see a, a, a massive difference in, in style, even just, just overnight. You know, he was only here a couple of days and you could see that, the way, the, that he, he wanted the team to get the ball further up the pitch quickly. Um, he likes the big four sort of rigid uh, defenders at the back. Um, it's obviously going to take a little bit of time to implement that, um, but I think you can you can instantly see that you know the, the, the changes in, in style of play. Um, it's going to take like I said, it's going to take him time to, to get it exactly how how he wants it. Um, you could see at Preston that he was visibly disappointed with the way the first half was going, um, but he's, he's come out and said you know in, in his press conference post game that the second half is is how he wants his teams to play. Um, and I thought Borough looked a lot more committed, a lot more energetic. We lacked seriously lacked energy and, and tempo in the first half. Um, and I think the introduction of Rudy Gustav sort of enabled us to do that. We got the ball forward quickly. Um, I thought Borough were pretty like deserved winners after that second half to play at Preston. Does he have time then, Phil? I mean, Chris is obviously saying that it's going to take time. How long? It's obviously going to take time for him to change the team into into the shape and, and, and what he wants from them. But equally, he has to get results in the process, doesn't he? Because Borough are still in the, in the promotion race, well in the mix. Yeah, I think what makes it a little bit easier for him is he's got a reasonably good, strong squad of players. He's got more or less two players for every position. I know we could sit here all day and talk about potential weaknesses in the squad, but when you look at it, he's not going in and needing a window to rebuild a really tired... Um, Un, un, not fit for purpose squad. He's got a good, good, good group of players at his, his disposal. I think, I think you can make short term gains. You know, we've seen teams improve at Christmas, and teams that have been rock bottom have got out of it. You've seen some like Crystal Palace have improved under Roy Hodgson slowly but surely. Um, we saw teams last season make managerial changes and improve. Um, I, I don't see any reason why. You know. Um, you know, I think it's handy having this cup tie because it gives him an opportunity to maybe send almost one team out to play in the cup while he's busy thinking about how he wants a team to play in the next couple of home, uh, next couple of championship games as well. So, I mean, the footballers aren't stupid. I hear all this talk about you know, you know, the, the players struggled this season because they're ingrained into a fashion of playing under eight or Karanka and they can't get out of it. I think that's total nonsense frankly you know players players can play one way for their clubs and another way internationally we've seen you know German players Spanish players do it English players do it um, the idea that Borough players are still stuck into one way of playing six months eight months after they played for Aitor Karanka 
is frankly laughable. Um, I think you know he'll set, as Chris says, he'll, he'll have a, he'll have a way of playing. He'll set them up in a rigid system. He'll he'll have, I would imagine, simple instructions for each player. It'll be very, it'll be a stickler for making sure players follow the plan. There'll be nobody going off script. Uh, and I think players like that to an extent. They know, you know, players hate confusion. They, they don't like it when they, you know, they're not quite sure whether they're supposed to sit back or push up or whether they're tuck inside. They like to have a hard and fast role and play within that. And I think that's where he'll make quick wins. Um, you know, I think it's impossible to judge him on the Villa game. He had what three, four days with the players. And even Preston, it was up and even Preston, a week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, he had that ridiculous turnaround where you know he was he was a spectator for the for the Bolton match, and then he was taking a team a few days later. You know, with you know with, with respect, what can he do with a group of players in that short a time that, that's going to have such an impact two or three days later? But I think what we will see as January progresses is. A Tony Pulis team emerging, and um, it'll be very much uh, fit in or clear off, won't well, it? Well, even this week, I mean, you know, he's had a week. He's brought his own backroom staff in, members mm. who he knows. Stuck with Jonathan Woodgate, who he knows. There's no surprises there. So, so this week will have been a big week for him, won't mm. it? You, you know, when you looked, there's, there's kind of when he came in, you thought, well, Rudy Gestead's going to have a big role to play now, and this is purely pandering on the stereo, the Tony Pulis stereotype. But um, Rudy Gestead's going to have a big role to play. Ryan shot because of the long throw and the fact he knows him, and both of those have have, have been proved correct so far. Is there anything that surprised you in, in his first couple of games? No, no. I, everything is exactly as I expected it. I think just touching off what, what Phil said there, it makes a great point in that the muddled thinking of, of some of the players was quite evident under un, under Monk is that you could see that on the pitch they were like well hang on we haven't got the ball where am I supposed to be and now we have got the ball and, and in, in the, those moments of confusion at this the pace the game goes at now it's only one two three seconds and you've been caught out and bang you one nil down I think what Tony Pulis is going to bring is and I think he alluded to it this morning in his press conference is each player knowing their role 100% and each player doing that role to 100% of their ability and I think that's pretty much his, his, his rubber stamp um, I think someone that might might flourish from that and I'm hoping, hoping he will is Adama um, you know you sort of look at him un, un, under previous managers and he's, he's unsure where he has to be and I, I don't think he can think quick enough um, his 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 the best I don't get, at all, does he? Well, that's the problem. No, probably not. No, and you know, he might have been sort of a little bit confused with what his role will be. Whereas, hopefully, now under under Pulis, it's going to be look, you know, Adam, let Ryan shot and worry about what's going on at that end. You get the ball when you've got the ball, get down the wing and put the ball in the box. And you know, if you can simplify his role and get him doing that to the best of his ability, then you've got a dangerous player on your hands. Well, you? both of what you said there, both points tapped into what Dean White had said to us this week. We spoke to uh, White, who obviously um, made more than 150 appearances for Pulis at Stoke, and he said that what you said there about getting the best out of every player, he said his, his strength is getting players playing to their strengths. Mm. Obviously, he, he's concerned about the weaknesses because he wants to improve them, but he knows how to pull the best out of every player. And he said to Dama Traore, I mean, it was easy to think when Pulis came in, wasn't he? Well, well, well that's the end of trial. Mm-hmm. But Whitehead says he'll, he'll put his arm around him. He, he says, you know, that although obviously there's this long ball reputation, uh, when, when, when the ball's near his own goal, he just wants it as far away from there as possible. But once it gets to the front end, he, he likes to let players express themselves. And, and Borough have got players to do that, haven't they, Phil? Mm, I think it's interesting with the Dharma because 
I've always felt the problem's probably with him and nobody else because he's got he's got the raw materials, hasn't he, to be a world beater. That turn of pace is awesome to see. You can see the opposition are scared stiff when he gets the ball. The problem's always been him knowing what to do with it once he's got the ball and whether he can there's any end product. Now you think about it, he's already played under you know Middlesbrough managers, he's played under Karanka, Steve Agnew, Gary Monk, one game with Craig Little, although um but I had one game trying to see under him. And then now Tony Pulis, there's five different coaches. Prior to that, obviously, he was at Villa under Tim Sherwood and one or two others. They had that chaotic season. You just wonder how much of the problem is just him not being able to grasp his and utilise his own gifts because he's, he's undoubtedly a world-beater in terms of raw ability. Um, but I get and, the impression Pulis is the type who won't, well, I, won't I, let that pass him. Well, I, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because he won't get too many chances. Tony Pulis isn't a bloke who's going to give him seven games, and if, and if in five and a half of those games he's pretty hit and miss, <coughs> that isn't going to be up. Tony Pulis wants a, a 75 percenter every week in terms of product end product. You know, he, he just wants somebody being one out of ten one week and mm. ten out of ten the next because he can't plan for that. He can't legislate for that. We had those conversations in here about Adama, didn't we? When Monk was in charge and, and previous managers, managers hate players who they can't they can't rely on to, to do a certain role and I would imagine I don't know Tony Pulis at all I only go on off what I've heard in press conferences over the years he doesn't strike me as the kind of manager who likes a player who's hit and miss you know mm-hmm. he's got a Chris Bunt or a James Morrison that we all know from the, as lads who are 100 percenters 7 and 8 out of 10 7 and 8 out of 10 yeah. every week yeah. even when they have a bad game they put a 100 yeah. percent shift in in terms of effort and if Adama has a bad shift he'll disappear mm. he won't tackle he won't contribute he might even be a liability as we saw when he gave the penalty away the other week so it's a really intriguing one Adama I'd love to you know, we all would love to see him blossom into that player we think he is because Burrow would have a, an absolute superstar on the hands but you kind of think I know he's young I get that that he's only young but he's, he's had a chance at, at two very very good English clubs albeit clubs that were struggling at the time to, to impress at a high level and he hasn't done I think it that, I think obviously the, the challenge with Traore is maintaining his first couple of performances under Pulis for the rest of the season yeah. over months weeks and months the, the, the clip that you'll have all have seen I'm sure when he, when he belted back at 100 mile an hour when, when Villa were attacking in that home game obviously you, you kind of, you, you, your gut reaction your first instinct when you see it is wow a turn of speed but he's, he's tracking back there when really he had no reason to mm. he was one of the furthest players forward on the pitch you mm. know he had plenty of players behind him who, whose immediate job was to get to mm. that ball so the worker it's there I mean obviously it's his first game you're desperate to impress it's, it's maintaining that isn't it but I certainly think the signs are promising with him absolutely yeah yeah I mean the first half Borough at Preston uh, Deepdale on Monday Borough were a little bit off the pace as a, as a collective unit right across the pitch but second half I think you know, the, the switch when he when he, he, he switched wings, um, which is obviously a, a great a great call by Pulis, he was he was devastating. Um, he completely tore their their, their full back to bits, and um, that's you know that's what I want to see more of from from Adana. Um, you know he's he's got the ability to get back and track back, and that's great to see. But I, I want to see him producing devastating performances going forward, ripping defenders to bits, putting quality balls in the box, and I want to see, I want to see a couple of goals from him as well because. That's something that we haven't seen yet, remarkably. Um, you need that from a winner. We, okay, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's been here what two years, and to say that he hasn't scored a goal yet, you know, granted he hasn't had a, a four, five, six run game run, but um, 
if you can add that uh, and, and, and put them sort of performances in week out where he's, he's, he's causing damage at the, their back then like Phil said that you know you've got you've got a real talent on your hands. On the subject of goals, I, I'm sure there's a podcast that we could do dedicated purely to the strikers and getting the best out of them. Ashley Fletcher may well be on his way, certainly on a loan deal. You wouldn't imagine the borough cashing on him after after just a few months at the club. Um, I, think the also, I think if they could get the money back, I think they would. Yeah, but quite telling wasn't but, it from Pulis when he said he's not yeah. sure that he fits that he fits the, the mm. group of players. Mm. He didn't even say I'm not sure he fits what I want to do here. I'm yeah. not sure he fits the group of players, which I think. Is a bit of a damning indictment of the yeah. in the summer. Um, but on the strikers, Gusted and Sombolonga, you mentioned that Gusted's going to have a role to play the first couple of weeks, certainly suggests mm. that. Can, can Gusted and Sombolonga work as a pair? Um, yes, yes, there, I mean, there's absolutely no reason why. I think first half of Preston, Sombolonga was crying out for somebody up with him. Uh, I thought he was very isolated. Um, he obviously got brought off when, when, when Gusted came on at Preston um, and was replaced. Uh, with, Bamford went up with, with Gusted but um, I, I think that Sombolonga would welcome that company up front certainly um, it can be a, t- a tough task sort of treading the line on your own when you've got two big centre arse um, so I'm sure that Sombolonga would, would you know, feed off the, the flick-ons and the headers that Gusted could provide him absolutely yeah. I, I, I just think it's a bit of a cop-out when you hear that certain players can't play with the strikers or the, the Gerard Lampard yeah I <laughs> You know, we're talking about professional footballers, and I get that some players thrive in a certain system, and other players maybe struggling in a certain system. But I think it's, you know, the idea that two strikers would find it hard to play together unless they're unless they're incredibly limited technically, mm. or very similar, or very similar. You sometimes get two players going for the same cross and things like that. And I, and I think you'd have to work at it. But absolutely, Bamford and Gisted, or, or, or a Sombolonga and Gisted, or a Sombolonga and Bamford. You know. You can perm any any pairing from from really four or five options in terms of attacking players at Borough. As you say, Ashley Fletcher is probably not going to be in the picture. Um, I think I think the key will be, and I think in, in this new purist world environment that we're living in, is that the players will adapt or or flounder. There won't there won't be too much nannying of them. You know, it won't be. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't work out for you this week. You know, it'll be why didn't it work out? Why aren't you applying yourself? I've taught, I've given you all the tools to do the job. You've got two men on either side of you providing you with ammo. <coughs> why aren't you delivering the goods? So I think the players will have to be mentally on it, and mm. and, and I think Pulis will be forgiving of players' limitations in terms of technical ability. He's not going to turn mm. turn players from one type of playing into another overnight, but he will not be forgiving of players who don't follow instructions, who don't do the job that they've been told to do, who, who, who drift off and lose concentration. I think, again, going back to try, that's where he will probably struggle, is that he, he's the sort of who probably could drift out of the game, not because he's, you know, just because he's a little bit lackadaisical, maybe. Um, and so Pulis will be looking for those players who will just be 90-minute men, mm. who, 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 who all day long will, will, will stick to the system and, you know, they won't mess with the formula. And uh, and that and that is so that's a chop that's a it's a challenge but an opportunity for every member of that squad. There will have been players when you know as when that squad heard the news that Tony Pulis is going to come in as a new manager. There will have been players, be it players on the fringes, players that are maybe you know not getting a game every week under Gary Monk that that were sort of licking the lips and rubbing their hands together. And I imagine that that, that Rudy Gusted was probably one of them because um, he knows that he can he can contribute something that, that Tony Pulis will admire. Um, and I think you know, going go looking throughout the squad, I think George might have been another one as well that maybe's looked at that appointment and gone, 
this is my chance to, to nail down that left back position and again. There'll be others, won't there, who'll have thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Is this going to be for me? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm there are those who haven't featured yet. Lewis yeah. Baker, we haven't seen. Adam Clayton and Adam Forshaw are probably two of the high profile absentees, mm-hmm. although Pulis says that they've both been carrying injuries. Martin Braithwaite was injured against Preston. Um, a few others spring to mind. Conor Roberts obviously went back this week, which mm-hmm. I don't think was any surprise whatsoever. Sunderland, Saturday, Chris Coleman's hands are tied, it seems, with 13 first-team players out. Do you expect Pulis to win the changes, or will he try and hammer down with, with the 11, or close to the 11 that we've seen so far? I think he'll want to win the match. Um, I don't think he'll be... He'll be you, know, you can see it as a, it, it's a good chance for him to maybe have a look at some players that he hasn't seen, but I know that he's alluded in a couple of press conferences that he, he spends during the week on the training pitch also doing that, uh, and I think he's, he's spending a little bit of time sussing out people's characters not just what they do on the football field but what they're like in and around the training pitch every day um, he'll certainly be putting out a, a team that he feels can win the game because I don't think I think he can ill afford to lose a derby game three games in his managerial career at a club so he'll want to win the match I think the team will be strong um, and I th- look, I th- we're playing bottom you know, we're playing the bottom of the championship team and we're just been beat at home against Barnsley on Saturday so I think whatever team he puts out should have enough to, to, to beat Sunderland tomorrow Um I don't know, like you said. Yeah. Will, uh, will anyone come in? I mean, will Baker get a chance? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about someone like Baker because I don't see where he fits in the Tony Pulis team. He, he's he's not an established English league footballer, Championship or Premier League, is he? He's never really had that run. Um, I know he, he went a bit abroad last year, of course, didn't he? But uh, I don't see where he fits in. I think Pulis will want to have a look at players that haven't played yet who will have a future in his in, in his in his universe in his in his in his squad. Um, I, I mean, I think Chris hits a nail on there that it's a game Pulis can't afford to lose. It's a game he could probably do without if without if truth be told because he'll want to you know get ahead of steam up after beating Preston. Um, it's a little bit of an interruption, but he won't want to replay either. That that would be a pain, you know, if it went to a replay. Um, Sunderland, can't, I can't imagine Sunderland would be better than they were last time they were here, and they weren't very good last time. I, I can't believe Borough would be as bad once again as they were last mm. time because I thought Borough were awful in that match. Yeah. I mean, how, why why they couldn't put a team like Sunderland to bed spoke volumes about the Gary Monk team and just the lack of. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I was going to say um, because that, you know they were one 0 up. They got they got the break, didn't they? It was a great goal, well worked. Yeah. Um, Sunderland should have scored earlier than that. And once Borough scored, you thought right, two, three, four nil this because I mean they were in crisis. Sunderland and actually Borough did well to hang on to the points in the end. Was a, it was a dead battery game that one. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was an awful match, and I think I don't think Borough will be as bad as that again. I don't think Pulis would let them be as bad again. And as I say, with Sunderland with virtually half a squad missing. It, you know, it was some some achievement if they, for them to get a result here, be it a draw and take Borough back to the to the Stadium of Light. So, um, I think he will make changes, probably make as many as five or six. But he'll also say that same thing that all managers say now is, "I'll pick a team to win the game." Finally, what what have you made of Pulis off the pitch so far? Because he's he's he comes across as very honest in his mm-hmm. press conferences. Um, Gary Monk did start to rub fans up the wrong way, didn't he, with his kind of go-to, go-to, almost well-rehearsed answers. Mm. Um, Pulis, on the other hand, has been very open, hasn't he, about why he's here, uh, the players who he kind of sees as being big players, the Stuart Downing throwaway line at the end of his first press conference was kind of a, a sign of things to come, mm. wasn't it? Have you, have you been impressed with what you've heard it's, from him? Again, I've not been surprised by anything that I've seen on the pitch, um, and I certainly haven't been surprised by anything that I've seen in, in his, his short time off the pitch either. I think he's... Um, 
he's very upfront. He's honest. There's no sort of there's not not a scrap of arrogance about him. Um, he'll tell it as it is. Um, and I, I imagine him being like that around the players as well. You know, that honesty um, is not going to promise the world when he, when he he can't really sort of you know do that, that at, the, at the minute. Um, you know, a few, a few, I've heard a few few press conferences where he's been asked. You know, do you think you can take Middlesbrough up? Um, what do you see the, the the second half of the season being like? And it's just like, look, you know, I'm here to do a job. It's going to take me a little bit of time. Let me get on with it. I'll do it. And it, I, I like his upfront his, his upfront approach. And uh, you know, it, you probably you're going to get a couple of good lines out of him. I think as well. What what he hasn't done. Well, that was personally at the minute, but we won't go into that again. Uh, what, what he hasn't what he hasn't done is and and I hate it when managers come in and do this midway through the season, write the season off. Gordon Strachan did it to a certain extent where he came in and the season season was still alive but but, you know you hear managers writing it off and and, you know it's going to be we're going to look ahead to next year when it's my team and when I can put my stamp on it Pulis hasn't done that but then again he can't do that really can he when you consider the summer expense and and the quality of the squad it'll be the brief warning Steve Gibson will have said I expect a minimum of return from this season of and whether that's top six and uh, if Burrow don't get through the playoffs, fair enough. But I would imagine Tony Pulis has been told he needs to get Burrow in the top six. You know, he hasn't taken over a team that was just above the bottom three. Yeah. Burrow within, were, were within touching distance when Tony walked through the door. So it's not asking a lot, you know, of him to improve Burrow by just a few fractions that's going to get Burrow into that top six in a playoff place. Um, so he can't come in and say, well, I'm, you know, he can't come in and say the squad's poor because it isn't. It's not, you know, it's probably not as good as we probably hoped it would be, but it's still a really good squad. I can't think any of the manager in the Czech division, apart from the Wolves manager, would say I w- wouldn't swap you, you know, if you were offered them the Borough squad for theirs. Um, so I, I, I totally agree with you. It's nothing worse to hear a manager come in and kill all expectation, and, and basically what they're doing there is covering their own backs saying this team isn't good enough, the squad's not good enough, we haven't got a chance of winning promotion. The first thing that does is permeate through the dressing room, mm. kills all the spirit in the dressing room, and it, killed, it kills all the hope mm. in the stadium. We saw that with Strachan, did exactly that. Um, so, so I think, I, I think he, said, he said the right things. The only thing that grinds with me is the fact that he won't sit down for press conferences. I think that's highly disrespectful. That's my own personal view. But I like what he said, I like the way he said it. He seems, you know, I, th- I think what he come, what he came with, is that confidence in the back of his mind that I've done it before. I know how this works. I've managed clubs before. I've been successful with clubs. Gary Monk, to a large extent, was was still kind of probably second guessing himself. He'd done reasonably well in his previous jobs without actually having something tangible. Mm. Tony Tony Pulis has got, you know, he's been at cup finals. He's won promotion. He's kept two clubs in the in the Premier League. So he, he's got that in, inbuilt confidence that if he does his job properly, he will succeed. And that, that comes straight across. He doesn't need to really schmooze the press or speak in jargon because he's not trying to impress anybody. He knows that if, if, he, if he does his job properly, Borough will win football matches. They will hopefully win promotion, if not this season, then certainly next. That will be his, his thought process. And, um, and, and that only comes with confidence of being a manager for a long, long time and, and of succeeding in, you know, you, you could say whether or not he's been a success at West Brom or Stoke, you know, in terms of trophies, well, no, but in terms of what the job required at that time, mm. he'll say, yes, I've delivered. So um, I think that's, that's plainly obvious. He permeates experience and self-confidence. Chris, uh, apologies for putting you on the spot before we wrap up. If, if judging on what you've seen so far, uh, the season so far, if you were... To be asked now, and I am asking you, where, where were we going to finish this season? Will it be in the top six? Um, is the top two still 
I would be very, very disappointed if Middlesbrough didn't finish in the top six. That's a, ta- that's a tactical answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real answer. Where, where do you think Borough will finish? I think Borough will, will, will finish the season with a playoff position. Um, I'm looking at some of the teams now that sort of early runners maybe starting to tail away. Sheffield United. Sheffield United have, have lost four out of five. Um, Bristol City are on a little bit of a wobble Cardiff, uh, Cardiff are, are in free fall but, and, and, and you look at the teams that I did expect it to be up there at the beginning of the season your likes of Derby your Aston Villas um, are starting to motor hopefully Borough are starting to motor now as well um, and it'll start taking its, its, its shape but yeah um, if, if I was to put my mortgage on it now I would say that Borough will be Borough will be in the playoffs at the end of the season. Five to one to win the playoffs. Borough are as things stand. Well, cheers, Chris. Cheers, Phil. Uh, please pass on the tripe supper word. Subscribe to this podcast. And if there's any subjects or issues you want us to cover next week, just give us a nudge on Twitter. Cheers. Bye.